0: Who would win more games as the head coach at USC in 2024? Muleshoe, who won seven games last year in the last season of the Pac-12, or Parker Thune, would it be newly fired coach in the NFL, former USC head coach Pete Carroll? I wonder if USC fans are thinking that exact question, thinking about that exact same question right now. Who would win more games for USC in 24, first year in the Big Ten? Muleshoe, the guy they have, or Pete Carroll, the guy that left them for the NFL over a decade ago?
1: I, ha- I know my answer, Tyler. And I'm pretty sure my answer is going to mirror your answer. They, uh, what did they say uh, during uh,
0: Pete Carroll's time in Seattle when Russell Wilson was there? Let Russ cook! If you bring him back to L.A., is it, let Miller cook. Miller Moss cook. Just let him cook for the 2024 season. Or let Jaden Maiava cook. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah he, just, he just flipped from uh, Georgia to USC. Yeah. Probably Pete Carroll gonna win uh, or would, would win more games in 2024 I, than old Muleshoe. I Shoe, huh? firmly
1: believe Pete Carroll would win more games at USC than Muleshoe. But the last
0: time USC had a defense when, uh, when old Pete Carroll was there, actually. That's how far back you have to go. The question
1: is, is anybody out there in L.A. willing to say the quiet part out loud and acknowledge that Pete Carroll would be an upgrade over Mueller. Bill
0: Plaschke sure is, after reading all of his uh, headlines and stories this year in the L.A. Times. Bill Plaschke isn't afraid to say anything out loud. Uh, he was very loud in his criticism of uh, of Lincoln Riley this year. No, but we got uh, got a lot of recruiting and transfer portal to get into. Yes, we'll get into Zalance Lance this hour. It's probably the biggest story going on right now. Um, I don't I don't know just overall as a program, but certainly in the uh, recruiting side and portal side. But but I did want to ask this because we have a big recruiting weekend coming up at the end of the month on January 27th. This feels like the slowest time of the year for OU recruiting. There's really nothing to talk about for the 2024 class. There's seemingly no new names to talk about for the 24 class. And the 25 class, it doesn't really feel like anything is imminent right now in terms of commits. So all is quiet right now on the recruiting front. But your first big recruiting weekend is going to happen on January 27th. The number 2 linebacker in the country, Jonah Williams, will be in town. The 5-star wide receiver we talked about yesterday, Caleb Cunningham, will be in town. Uh, this looks to be the first big recruiting weekend of 2024 coming up at the end of the month.
1: I'll give you a little heads up. Those two won't be the only 5-stars on Ooh, Ricky really. Healy. Hmm. Interesting. So, there's that. Um, but, yeah, should be a big... Big junior day for Oklahoma. Uh, chance to make a very strong early impression with numerous top targets in the 2025 class. And I, I, I don't think you'll hold out hope at this point in time that any of those guys end up committing. But I think the one position that you look at right now and say, OK, like there's some legitimate pressure on these guys to make a decision. One way or another, I jump on board with Oklahoma or be willing to explore other options that don't include Oklahoma. That's wide receiver, yep. right? Because you got one spot left. And Caleb Cunningham, Manny Choice from down in Lancaster, Texas, Isaiah Mosey up at Lee's Summit North in Missouri, Andrew Marsh from the Houston area, Jacaden Ferguson, a Missouri City guy. There are so many receivers that Emmett Jones has made strong impressions on. In the 2025 class, the point where, as it was in 2024, or the 2024 cycle, I should say, Tyler, there will be more players that want to commit to Oklahoma at the wide receiver position than there are players that actually have. They a spot might in have Oklahoma. to
0: turn away two or three really good wide receivers in this class. Yep. Yeah, and we kind of uh, thought that that was always going to be the case going all the way back to uh, September of last year when Emmett Jones got a heck of a head start on the 2025 class. I guess the question now since you have the number 2 backer coming in on that Junior Day, January 27th, is will Zach Alley be officially introduced before the junior day gets here coming up in 17 days to recruit the number two backer.
1: Well, here's the deal. Jonah Williams is not a linebacker, at least not in the traditional sense. He is a jumbo athlete who is capable of projecting to multiple positions defensively, but Oklahoma has been recruiting him as a safety. Brandon Hall is the one running point on the Sooners' pursuit of Jonah Williams. So, The Sooners would love to add Jonah Williams to their 2025 haul as a safety, but right now as it pertains to the linebacker conversation, you got one of them committed in Marcus James. You got a second that I think ends up at linebacker in Trené Washington. And then obviously a third that is the closest thing to a commit that you can get amongst uncommitted players in Christian Thatcher out of the state of Nevada.
0: Yeah, he he basically did he he essentially <laughs> committed on air during a pre yeah, pretty show, much. Correct. He said I I'm going to be a suitor. Y- yeah. It's and, not uh, something that he tries to hide. And that was 4 months ago. Right, right, 3, 4 months ago and it didn't feel like anything has has changed no. in that in that regard. So we've uh we've learned the hard way maybe once or twice to not count anything when it comes to recruiting, but I don't know. That one seems to be pretty solid when it comes down to it. Cherokee Sooner says, "How does Peter Carroll being fired affect OU football recruiting?" Text line seems to think that he's done. I don't know if that was a text from Brad saying that Pete Carroll is done in Seattle, or Brad just thinks that Pete Ger- Pete Carroll is done coaching entirely.
1: Apparently, he's staying know.
0: with the Seahawks as like an advisor. Is that like they they offered that to him? Is that what he's going to do, or is that just the report that he was offered?
1: Apparently that's the plan, but I don't know. Does Pete Carroll want to keep coaching? Like that becomes a question. He's seventy-two years old. He was the oldest head coach in the NFL. I think he just. I so, think he should go to UCLA, take Chip Kelly's job,
0: and beat up on Shoe every single year. Play against uh, the the crosstown rival, his, uh, his coach for the uh, for the ex rival, and uh, go to the Big Ten, lead UCLA. That'd be
1: fun. I'm with it.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Mongo says are the Sooners waiting for the Board of Regents to approve Alley's contract? If so, the next meeting is tomorrow. Should we let the text line just come up with uh, rumors as to why it hasn't been finalized just yet with Zach Alley? That could be a fun hour of radio. Cherokee Sooner and some others get in on (laughs) their their uh, conspiracy theory as to why this isn't official yet, because
1: it's been about a week since it's been. Yeah, we've had a lot of age related jokes. He needs permission from his legal guardian. Yeah, see something like that. Uh What 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 was
0: earlier? He get he has to get off his parents' insurance. Uh Yes, just let the rumors fly. On the Meyer Chevrolet text line today, 405-651-3439. No, but in the coming days, we'll talk a lot more about that junior day. And to stay with the 2025 class, I did see an article on 24-7 Sports today talking about Nate Roberts. Like, yeah, there may be a couple of predictions in for Ohio State right now, but don't get too excited. Nothing is super imminent when it comes to uh, Nate Roberts at this point. And it felt like since he decommitted from Notre uh, Notre Dame back in August, I think it was. Yes. I think that's been the thought all along is he made a quick decision the first time. He will not make a quick decision the second time. Does it come down to signing day? No. I don't think so. No. no, But I don't. Even though his brother just committed to to OU a few days ago, I
1: don't I don't think anything's gonna happen in the next
0: like week or two.
1: By the way, Jeff from OKC has the answer. Zach Alley has an overdue library book. That'll get you, man. Ugh. That'll get you. That's it. See? It's gonna be a good day. Just starting rumors on the text line. But uh, no, as it pertains to Nate Roberts. Yeah, this will be a decision that is made deliberately and I don't think he commits. I honestly I see a world in which he commits before official visit season. But it really does feel like he's at least going to take a few official visits before he locks in a commitment. So I would say the unofficial timeline that I would put on it is early summer. I would think early summer is probably when you get a decision from Nate Roberts. And, yeah, Ohio State's in play. Oregon's in play. But... OU has a lot of very natural advantages.
0: Well, and I don't think it's a terrible thing either that Nate Roberts plan right now is, all right, let's just kind of let things sort out a little bit before I make my next decision. You know, like that can only mean more visits to OU maybe than he would have taken originally now that his brothers on campus. I don't I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that this might go all the way to the summer for for Nate Roberts. Boy, we've got some uh we've got some great text rolled in right now. Stillwater Sooner says he won't sign the contract unless he's only paid in crypto and NFTs. <laughs> Cherokee Sooner B V told him he could sign the contract when he grows hair in his armpits. Man, we've got a lot of the age jokes are just flying here with Zach Alley.
1: Dang. Age discrimination is going on with the text line. What's crazy is he's actually older than Brent Venables was when he was first hired at. Well, do we OU. know exactly how old he is? Is it 29? <laughs> is it 30? I think it's 30. Is it
0: 31?
1: I think it's 30.
0: Hopefully in the release they say what the exact age is for this guy. Because when it was reported last week it was 29, and almost immediately, ah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. He could actually be 30 or 31 years old.
1: Now when a listener know. says, Zach Alley and Connor Stallions are a package deal, I heard. Oh,
0: who would be? Who would would anyone be upset about that? Oh, this around makes a here? ton of sense. Not me. Let's
1: CD, go. CD from Hockley says on his interview he got a parking ticket from the campus police and he hasn't taken care oh, of. it Oh gosh, yet. wouldn't that be yeah, perfect? Uh, you can't have to really get a parking ticket until- before
0: you can sign a contract around here. Uh, Colin Claremore says you will need to create a forums page so that way we can read each other's text and laugh. Hey,
1: go to OUinsider.com. dot com. Great forum there. Just start the uh, start a thread somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text thread. Clinton
0: Tulsa Zach's contract was due today, but apparently his dog ate it. So that's you can expect a uh, a lot of this today. <laughs> he
1: has to take a summer school Spanish class before he's eligible to sign the contract.
0: Th- this one is supposed to be funny, but it's it's actually really close. He's just a hair older than the OSU uh, quarterback for next year. That. Zach Alley and Alan Bowman are not that far away in age. The OU defensive coordinator and the Oklahoma State starting quarterback next year, not that far off when it when it comes. To, heck, dude, the OU defensive coordinator and OU's backup quarterback next year could <laughs> might be separated by about 2 to 3 years. And Casey Thompson
1: is who I'm referencing there if you if you didn't catch that on the text line. He's going to turn 26 in October, Casey Thompson that. Man. Is. 26 years old. You'll have a quarterback, backup quarterback probably in
0: his uh, mid 20s next year, playing backup QB. Man. Blue of Green Country says Rumor
1: is Eli Drinkwitz is dropping some bags of cash at Allie's house.
0: He's getting $9 million a year now. Old old Drink is. Wonder uh, what his assistance pool looks like as well. Yeah, well. That's a big loss for them, by the way. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, B- Baker. Yeah, Baker going from Mizzou to LSU. That's a pretty big loss and for Mizzou. And Blake
1: Baker was making, I think, $2.1 million at Mizzou. So, Drink has a lot of money to work with. I mean, I d- capped an obvious statement there, but... That just gives you some context as to just how mon- how just how much money Eli Drinkwitz has to work with in hiring his next defensive coordinator. I'm just
0: holding out hope that Drink will hire Alex Grinch as the next defensive coordinator at Mizzou. Oh, oh would that not how much fun would that be next year? It's already gonna be fun with those dorks, but if Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator on the other side, oh now we got now we really got
1: something. Please Jackson Arnold happen. might throw for 12 touchdowns in Columbia. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jackson Arnold throws for 12 touchdowns against a speed, uh, speed mid-zoo defense. Yeah, that's, that, that's how I want my 2024 to go. 405-651-3439. A ton of text to get to on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And, yes, we'll get to the Lance The latest coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the Ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and I know the Ref Army is out there listening worldwide via the KREF app. I have the app map pulled up. I have some cities across the country written down that are tuned in right now. But just in case that I miss yours on a daily basis, let us know where you're listening from. On, on the text line, 405 651 We'll get to those at the tail end of this segment. By the way, do we know who, speaking of the 25 class, do we know who Ronnie Crimson's targets in the 25 class is yet? Or is that still yet to be decided?
1: That is yet to be decided. You mm, need I, to get on it, Ronnie. I recall having a DM conversation with Ronnie Crimson a while back where he mentioned to me that... <laughs> He was heavily leaning towards Jonah Williams as his target. Okay, don't hate it, but yes, that is as of yet undecided.
0: Some uh, offensive line targets that he could look at: uh, Michael Fasusi, Doug Douglas Utu. I think both of those are top twenty-five players nationally those are right both now. Top Fifteen, players yeah, nationally. on Rivals. But my favorite recruit right now nationally, maybe Lincoln Cure out there in uh, Goodland, Kansas. Don't tempt me with a good time. <sighs> How's are you looking with? Uh, with Lincoln Cure. At this well,
1: point. Uh, he does not have any visit scheduled to OU yet. It is a place he would like. I was actually just texting back and forth with Lincoln Cure yesterday, as a matter of fact. And obviously, likes Oklahoma. Oklahoma loves Lincoln Cure. I mean, how can you not? I, I love um, Lincoln Cure. If you've seen any highlight on for basketball or football, you love him. He does not have any visit set up to OU right now currently, but... That shouldn't be a major concern because he doesn't have any visits set up to any other schools right now. He's playing basketball, and he's playing seven-on-seven. So he's he's got a lot going on. Dunking
0: on fools as well is what he's doing. I
1: I would expect Oklahoma gets him on campus at some point. And what's going to be interesting to me is what happens if they get Nate Roberts and they get DeSan Brame because they are at least the co-leader, if not the outright leader for both those guys. Yeah. Now, can you take three tight ends? I would say if those are the three tight ends, yes, you can. Well,
0: all, or um, I know that Lincoln Cure and Nate Roberts is is Brame ranked as a top five tight end as well, along with those two.
1: Yes, right, yes, If
0: you could take three of the top five tight ends, I know that's a lot, especially with what you have on campus coming in the twenty twenty four class and Devon Mitchell. But you get three of the top five players to that position, then I, I think you, I think you got to go for it, man. I think uh, just. Take your chances. Roll with it. Those guys are worth the scholarship. And speaking of 2025, let's hope that they can get another defensive line haul like they got in 24. That's going to continue to be important. Stack defensive line classes. But you've got a big opportunity with your offensive line class in 2025. Talk, talked about Douglas Utu and Michael Fasusi already, two top 15 players nationally. And you've got a big opportunity here at tight end. Like Those are two position groups specifically, Parker. Much like we talked about defensive line last year. Hey, this kind of sets up for you the way that it looks early to have a really good D-line class, and that happened. I kind of feel that way right now with tight end and offensive line. you, you got a chance. Every, things are setting up, potentially,
1: for you to do some real damage in the 25 class at those two spots. Yeah, how about this? Your top five tight ends in the nation in the industry composite, Number one, Elias Williams, Georgia commit from the state of Georgia. Yep. Five star. Number two, Lincoln Cure. Yep. Number three, Kiotti Armstrong, Jasper, Texas. Another guy that OU's in the mix for, by the way. Number four, Nate Roberts. Number five, Deson Brain. So, Oakland, is You're on four of the top five tight ends. Heavily in play for four of the man. top tight ends in the nation. Dang.
0: John and Blanchard says any truth that OU is out with Hurd, and he's down to Tennessee and Ole Miss. So, yesterday. Nobody had been eliminated from the race. It was OU, it was Ole Miss, and it was Tennessee. 24 hours later, can we eliminate anyone from the uh, Zalance herd race, including
1: OU? Or is it still a three-team race? Still a three-team race. No, you can't eliminate anybody, but objectively, right, the longer this lasts, the longer this drags out, the more skeptical you feel is no you. Correct. And I'll say the same thing that we said yesterday, just in case you missed
0: it. If he takes the old Miss visit this weekend, and I guess really any visit for that matter, not just the old Miss visit—I mean, that's the one that would worry you the most—but if he takes an old Miss visit, then yeah, your confidence level is probably going <laughs> to trend down rather significantly if that happens. Yeah.
1: So that's what you're hoping. I don't for. know if it would go all the way to zero, but it'd be pretty it'd close. Be pretty close to zero. Um, Listener in the four or five says it seems like Georgia signs three tight ends every year. They pretty much do, man. They have stockpiled at that position. And, let I mean, let's play this out. In a world where Oklahoma signs three tight ends, you have on on your roster right now on scholarship Caden McIntyre, Caden Helms, both of whom have all four years of eligibility left. Devon Mitchell coming in, he's got four years as well. Yeah, And then you have Bauer Sharp with two years left, Jake Roberts with one year left. So you're losing one tight end. You bring in three. At that point, you would have seven scholarship tight ends, but only for a year. Only for a year. And to be honest with you, again, if you watch Lincoln Cures film, oh, I have that is I have. that is not a tight end. That is not a tight end. That is a wide receiver with a freakishly large frame so you can bring in Lincoln Cure as an athlete and just say hey go line go, just go split out wide I, I I do not see Lincoln Cure as an in-line guy I do not see Lincoln Cure as a hand-in-the-dirt three-point stance guy Lincoln Cure to me is somebody that if you get him he is Always split out wide. Yeah, He well, is your next Mark Andrews. In a world where you bring in three tight ends from the
0: 2025 class, and, and I think that's potential. Uh, is there a potential that could happen? Yeah. The reality of that is probably pretty low because of the three tight ends of that caliber. I wouldn't put the odds at it at super high. But, I mean, if you want to get technical, and I know you could be in a different situation next year than you are this past year, but you brought in three tight ends this year, two in the portal and one via recruiting, I guess. But, again, I get the hope's got to be that you're going to be in a better spot at tight ends after this next year than you were coming out of this past season. Yeah, That's, that's got to be the case.
1: Yeah, you do want to revamp. You do want to get better at that position. And also, you have enough athletes in that tight end room that you don't necessarily have to be married to them playing tight end either. Caden McIntyre could just as easily switch sides the ball and be a bad linebacker. Caden Helms? He can play wide receiver. He was a wide receiver in high school. So, really, you have, you have one true tight end on your roster right now in Jake Roberts. One born and bred tight end. Everybody else, man, they're, again, to kind of bring back a very simplistic but very applicable term here, they're just jumbo athletes. That's all they are. Yeah. Uh,
0: How about uh, Bobby Burton? He got one wrong at Inside Texas, huh? He was saying last week that Bo Davis to LSU is not happening. He's not going back to his alma mater where he was an all-SEC defensive lineman. Well, it's been reported and it's already official according to the LSU account. Bo Davis is leaving Texas to join Brian Kelly's staff at LSU.
1: Yeah, look, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rake Bobby Burton over the coals oh, for on, that one. Because, come on, come on. I, no, I know as well as anyone, things change, right? What is true today might not be true tomorrow, especially where big money is involved. But I will always unapologetically make fun of him for the fact that he said David Stone looked like a three star. <laughs> That is the uh, one take that it, I will always hold him over the fire.
0: At least he said Jaden Jackson looked really good, but David Stone to him, yes, he, did, he said it uh, looked like a three-star. Wasn't the case in Orlando last week. Was not the case at all. But that's a, that's a pretty big loss for Texas, I, and I'm sure they'll replace Bo Davis with, you know, someone who's had a proven track record as defensive line coach, but Bo Davis pretty good as a uh, defensive line coach. So he's going back to his alma mater there at LSU. LSU had to get a lot better defensively in a hurry. They were atrocious last year on defense. I mean, they were bad. And they get the Mizzou defensive coordinator, Baker, and now you get Bo Davis, defensive line coach. Yeah. LSU's not going to be bad on defense forever. No. There's they will a not. there's a track record to say that that's that's not gonna be the case. No. What?
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. Finish. Uh on. I was <laughs> And this is a great question from a 918 listener. I'm interested. Are recruits just going to start saying in their announcements, blank, school offered the most money, so I chose them, instead of it was coaching, et cetera. I would actually appreciate that. If everyone isn't ashamed of money being the reason, can we all just start being honest? Yeah, I mean, look, it's not illegal anymore. And I I halfway wonder, when is when for the first time is a kid going to come out and say, yeah, look, I had to make a decision in the best interest of my family and couldn't turn down the money at this particular school? Who's going to be first through the wall? Nine one eight with the incoming weather and
0: temperatures. I doubt many people will be visiting anywhere this coming weekend.
1: We're looking at the twenty seventh for Oklahoma's Junior Day.
0: I think uh, that's in reference to Zalance heard maybe visiting Ole Miss this oh. weekend. I, Is the, the weather that
1: bad in Mississippi? I don't
0: know the answer to that. I'm I'm a little bit worried about our drive to Lawrence. Maybe you're are you coming from Omaha going to Lawrence?
1: Yeah, that's right. So I, I don't know
0: what's if it's going to be worse for you if yeah. it's going to be worse for me. I'm not really sure. May, may need to check that out, but it could get interesting on our <laughs> drives to Lawrence this weekend for the Slippin basketball game. and sliding. Are you not just super pumped for that? I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm just stoked, telling you, man, man. That experience is incredible. There, like Jay Billis just came out with his five best college basketball arenas. I think he had Allen Fieldhouse tied at one with Cameron Indoor. I've been able to. I've been fortunate enough to go up there a few times to watch um, to watch some games. See OU a couple of times, dude. It, it is. It's it's awesome. It's it's really really cool. Really cool. Had to go up there because don't know when the last time OU is going to be in Allen Fieldhouse. Probably won't be for a while after this. So making it count. I'll brave the snowstorm. Uh, Sam and Edmund, you think the delay in Zach Alley getting here has to do with not being able to fly without an adult? <laughs> I did not. I didn't pre-read that one, so I didn't know where it was going. But that was that was good, Sam and Edmund. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, very nice. Doug and Mustang says, "Look at our OCs. They know how to use tight ends." Let's let's hope so, man. Because you think about the best OU offenses. I mean, really, in in program history. But especially in the past 25 years, when I think of the best OU offenses since 1999, I kind of see offenses with really good to elite tight end play, don't you? Like, if I were to say, hey Parker, what's the best, what what are the two best offenses in the past 25 years at OU? You'd probably say 08 and 17 and look at Jermaine Gresham and... Uh, and, and and Mark Andrews
1: is those two. Bingo. yeah. There's a common denominator. And granted, that's not the only common denominator, but undeniably, it helps to keep your offense humming when you have a guy that is capable of being a weapon and a safety blanket over the middle and stretching the field too, yeah. which I think you, you go back to those three big targets on the board for Oklahoma at tight end in the 2025 class. Those are all three dudes that are capable of doing both.
0: Uh, I said to uh, text in where you're listening from. We'll uh, shout him out at the end of the segment. Chief is in KC. Here's Holiday, Utah. Sooner trays in Wiley, Texas. Statesboro, Georgia. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Seattle. Gator is in Capel, Texas. Uh, this one just says, I'm Jason White's neighbor in Tuttle. Nice. Well, tell Jay White we said what's tell up. And what's he's up, welcome man. on the show anytime. This one's kind of sad. Listening from Tucson. Still not wearing OU gear around town. Who would have thought it? Yeah, that's got to be a tough life. (sighs) I can't even wear OU gear around in Tucson right now. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More Cruton, more Portal Next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Heard you guys bring up uh, Nebraska Ball. Nebraska Basketball earlier about a, you know hour and a half ago or so i uh, i remember from when i was growing up back when nebraska was uh, playing big 12 basketball do you remember the name cookie belcher from nebraska cookie belcher no i do not that was that was a that was a real thing that was a guy i think he was their leading scorer uh, one of those years in the early 2000s where does cookie belcher rank as one of the most amazing names in uh, sports history that you've heard that wasn't his real first name. I think that was his nickname well, was Cookie. yes. But Cookie Belcher was once a name that played for Nebraska, and he was one of their best players, if not their best player. That is hilarious. How long ago was that? This is probably 20, 21 years ago or so. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and look at that? I think he ended up being like a basketball coach at IMG Academy, oddly oh, really? enough. Okay. Yeah,
1: this N- is news to me. Nebraska ball still have
0: never won a uh, NCAA tournament game, but they did beat number one Purdue last night. Uh, across the country, Dalen Smothers is headed to NC State, so it took a while for him to announce where he's going to go, but back to his home state, so not a, I guess not a huge surprise. No,
1: what he was probably doing was waiting on bigger offers, and the bigger offers never came because he hasn't done anything at the collegiate level as of yet, and NC State naturally did recruit him heavily out of high school, and so that is a pretty... Pretty comfortable landing spot for him.
0: There was a uh, there was a name that I didn't know it was in the portal, but I saw a crystal ball for him to Kansas State, and I said, "Whoa, I forgot about this guy." I didn't even know he's in the portal. We talked uh, about him a ton a year ago. I think I know where this is going. Dante Cephas. Dante Cephas. who was at Kent State when they when they played here in Brent's first year. Crystal ball to Kansas State.
1: I have no idea where was he at Penn State last year. He was at Penn State. I Have last no idea year, what kind of year he had. He Gosh, the three hot names that we were talking about at wide receiver right about a year ago at this time were Dante Cephas, Tyrone Broden from Bowling Green, who ended up at Arkansas, and of course, Andrell Anthony. Andrell Anthony worked out well when he yeah, was healthy. Yeah, I would say of the three, OU got the best end of the bargain. That'll be a uh,
0: boy to look ahead to offseason conversations. The race for the number one wide receiver next year is, I I, I think OU's is going to be good to really good at wide receiver next year. But who do you got for the for the number one wide receiver next year? Andrew <laughs> Anthony, who was that guy before he got hurt? Dion Burks, who I think from Purdue is really good. Uh, or does Nick Anderson
1: take that next step? I, I I mean that's that's three decent options just off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm still rolling with Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson is my answer, but the fact that you have so many guys on the roster that are legit capable of being wide receiver one, getting open, making plays at all three levels, like man, what Emmett Jones has done with this room, and it has been a year to the day since he was hired as wide receivers coach at Oklahoma, what he has done in the span of that year with that wide receivers room It cannot be overstated. Emmett Jones has done phenomenal work at the University of Oklahoma. Well, we were and,
0: excited initially because of his recruiting ability, but then we found out, yeah, it looked a lot
1: better, too, in terms of development. And that's the thing, right? Like, if Oklahoma's wide receivers hadn't excelled last year, we would probably still be giving Emmett Jones plenty of praise for the way that he has recruited and set this room up for future success. But the fact that in year one, for Emma Jones on staff at Oklahoma, we saw that magnificent of a leap in overall production for so many individuals and for the room as a whole at Oklahoma just speaks to the fact that This, in every way, was the epitome of a home run hire for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Uh, We got a first-time texter from the 405. Ooh, love that. Uh, Let us know what your name is so we can put it in the database here. First text ever. Here's what they got. It says, roof too old, alley too young. Brandon Hall would have been a comfortable age. How old is Brandon Hall off the uh, top of your head? Close to 47 years old. Oh, he's 47 years old? I went back during the break and uh, looked. Bob Stoops was born and uh, i already lost here bob, uh, bob stoops was born in 1960 he was defensive coordinator at florida and he was the co dc at kansas state before that yep. but he was the defensive coordinator at florida in 96 so bob was 36, 36 years old when he was the defensive coordinator at florida and florida hired bob stoops because the year before i believe nebraska just put it on florida put it on florida in yes, 95 they did. And Spurrier said, all right, we got to get this defense fixed. If we're going to win a championship, I want Bob Stoops. So they got, went and got Bob Stoops as a 35, 36-year-old defensive coordinator. And what happened? Tyler, remind the people. Uh, Florida won the 1996 national championship. Yeah, that's what happened there. So, look, I, I guess I don't look at the Zach Alley hire as, eh, I'm skeptical about this hire because he's too young. I look at this higher as, this is Brent Fennable's defense, and Zach Alley will be a big part of this defense, there's no doubt, with the backers and the play calling and such, but this is BV's defense at the end of the day, so I, that's, that's, and and again, this isn't his, his first time to be a defensive coordinator, this is the first time for Zach Alley that he's a defensive coordinator at this level, and there will be an adjustment period, sure, But let's remember who the head coach is and and who's
1: really in charge of of things moving forward on the defensive side. moreover, let's remember just how much familiarity Zach Alley has with the head coach, right? So with there being an adjustment period, and I said this on the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast last night, but I I think it bears repeating. The pieces are all there for Zach Alley to have a very impressive – first year at the University of Oklahoma to make a statement right off the bat because you bring back nine of eleven starters, Tyler, and you reunite with Brent Venables, who helped who literally helped mold you as a coach. Zach Alley's Zach Alley's formative years in the profession were spent under Brent Venables' direct supervision. And so I do not think this is the type of deal like it was in twenty twenty two where you need to give things a couple years before they really get rolling. No, and that may be true. That may be what ends up happening. But I think the pieces are all there in 2024 for Zach Alley to really make his mark at the University of Oklahoma right off the bat. That should be the case because it should be the best you've been at
0: linebacker since when? (laughs) Now, maybe you would take Kenneth Murray over any of the linebackers that they have his last year. I'm just talking about an entire... Linebacker core—it's the best they've been, should be since when. Say the same thing about safety, and you probably say the same thing about corner as well, right? With who you come have coming back in the in the secondary, so that should be the case. I think that's got to be the expectation. But to your point, yes, it's a. If you're worried about Zach Alley being too young, well, I guess it's a good year to bring in a young defensive coordinator with what you have coming back on the defensive side. But this should be. The best defense that we've seen around here in, uh, in a
1: while. And maybe it'll have to be with some of the new pieces that you have on the, uh, on the offense next yeah, year. It is going to have to be. And I think when you look at it position group by position group, right, this should be the best secondary Oklahoma has fielded in a decade or longer. This, is the, this should be the best linebacker group they've fielded in a decade or longer. Should be the best crop of defensive ends that they have fielded? Well, in a few years. I think that Nick Benito-Isaiah-Thomas tandem was pretty dynamic. And really the only big question mark is, okay, who starts next to Terry? Is that Jacob Lacey? Is it Grayson Halton, whom I like a lot? Is it David Stone? Is it somebody that... Is not yet on the roster at the University of Oklahoma, but ends up coming to Norman through the transfer portal in the spring window. I don't know, but the fact that there is, in my mind, one question from a personnel standpoint with regard to the entire Oklahoma defense, man, couldn't it couldn't be set up much better for Zach Alley in year one? Yeah, uh, Porter Moser's biggest fan says just
0: tuned in. Is it official? Zach Alley is defensive coordinator. Uh, it is not official in terms of a press release, but I don't yeah, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be worried. Uh, looks like Lee Davis is going to UCF. Yes. That just got announced. As an associate A D at sure. that. Good for her. Coach Gus Malzon just announced that. Excited to welcome Lee Davis to UCF. Big time addition to our staff. So all right. 405 651 3439 is the Kanipple My Chevrolet Text Line. Yep, more college football, more crutin, more portal right here on the ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, they sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. It's Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Said it earlier this hour, there's just a, it's not a lot going on right now with OU football recruiting in terms of things being imminent for a commitment somewhere. There's no new names on the board for 2024. Really, the thing that we're looking at the most for OU recruiting is this big junior day coming up in 20, uh, on January 27th. You've got the number 2 linebacker Jonah Williams in. You've got a five-star wide receiver Caleb Cunningham in. Parker says that won't be the only five-star that'll be in Norman on January 22nd. I think the most pressing thing right now with OU's 24 class is not a new name. But the fact that rivals is about to get toge- uh, to get together soon and debate their final rankings. Ooh, yeah. So they're gonna debate. have one more one Sounds more compelling. rankings update, I guess, before we get to the second signing day. So when I think of signees who have the best chance to make a move up the rankings, it's got to be BJ Brooks,
1: right? After his week oh, in no Orlando, question about has that. to be. No question about that. I I would be surprised if it isn't BJ Brooks that is the biggest mover. Amongst OU commits in the final rankings update.
0: 918, are we no longer on DJ Hicks' watch? Seems like that is a lost cause for us. Yeah. yeah. That watch is no longer active. Correct. Blue of Green Country says, Do y'all think that in the future of this heavy NIL era that some teams that are throwing out big bags of cash that it will lead to... Fire sale to unload and reallocate NIL bags of cash? I do if no rules ever get put in place. Professional teams have fire sales if they don't
1: win at all. Do they? Do professional teams have fire sales? I mean, that's a thing in Major League Baseball, sure. But it's usually a cost-cutting measure is what that is. If you're not winning anyway, you decide to basically not quite burn everything down. But essentially, to start from scratch, and the best way to do that is to clear a bunch of cap space by trading away all of your top, most expensive players. So, uh, the fire sale isn't really commonplace anymore. At least, I don't think. I don't no. keep up with baseball as much as I used to. But
0: uh, This says, what's the word on herd? Uh, OU, Tennessee, Ole Miss. We'll see if he takes a visit to Ole Miss this weekend or not. That's going to be – we've said that yesterday, said it today. We'll say it tomorrow, and we'll probably say it on on Friday until the weekend gets here. It's kind of uh, – unless a commitment takes place, and the sooner that he decides that he's going to commit somewhere, I, I think the better chance that is for, for OU, most likely in the end. You don't want this to – the longer it gets, especially in the portal – the longer the decision happens away from the official visit on campus, normally the worse news it's going to be.
1: Uh, quick question asks a listener in the 405. Do we get the big man that is committing tomorrow? at Oh, gosh. That has been quite the adventure.
0: Is it Oswin who you in Providence?
1: Oswin Aramunse, I expect him to commit to Providence. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he got bagged. Really? Yeah. Which, mm. you know, Providence really only has one thing to spend money on. So. That is true. I don't think the Friars and have a football program up there. In basketball, much as in football, Oklahoma has a certain limit. It looked like he was going to OU a week ago. I'll tell you that much. Look for all the world like he was going to OU a week ago. And then uh, Providence up to the ante from what I understand.
0: Santa John says we need to look at Allie this way. He spent almost a decade within the Brent Venables defense. Ted Roof had six semesters. Ted Roof had to cram for the final exam to learn the defense. Zach Alley's been around for a decade with the with the Brent Venables defense. Does
1: sound like that's a big positive, is that Zach Alley knows this defense in and out for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's going to know it as well as just about anybody, honestly, with as much as he has spent time around and worked with Brent Venables over the years. So I think if, you're, if you want to talk about knowledge of the defense, knowledge of the scheme, and you weren't going to keep this higher internal and go with somebody like Brandon Hall or Todd Bates, The best-case scenario externally, from that perspective, was Zach Alley.
0: I thought this was a joke when I first saw it today. Really? But people keep reporting that it's a thing. If you're of the opinion that there's way too many bowl games, I've got bad news for you. Oh, no. Apparently, the guys who celebrate Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft, they've announced the Irrelevant Bowl featuring the two worst teams in college football next year. And they're looking for a venue. Apparently this year it would have been 2-10 Vanderbilt facing 1-11 and Akron in the Irrelevant Bowl if they had it. So I guess that uh, they're try- someone's trying to make that a thing for next year, the Irrelevant
1: Bowl? Yeah, that would oh, be. Oh, nice. Imagine getting a bid to the Irrelevant Bowl. That just sounds like I- – I don't know how you recover from that. Texas A&M fans, make your plans
0: now for the Irrelevant <laughs> Bowl for next year. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.